Good Wednesday evening. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Uh, coming through with a Wednesday wind-up live. And, oh man, we got to start this off. Uh, a little sad news. Uh, for those of you that are football historians now, uh, running back, well, fullback, I should say, Sam Bam Cunningham uh, has passed away. He passed away uh, yesterday. Um, went to USC, part of the famed running back class that was at USC at one time, All-American MVP at the 1973 Rose Bowl, uh, drafted first round 11th pick by the new England Patriots in 73, uh, made the pro bowl in 78. He's a part of the new England Patriots hall of fame. He's also a member of the college football hall of fame. Uh, Randall Cunningham's older brother, Sam Bam Cunningham, uh, a legend in, uh, new England and, not sure what the cause of death was, but either way, of course, he'll be uh, missed by family, friends, and former teammates. So, uh, sorry we got to start it off like that, but, uh, you know, we got to get that out the way. Um, we try to give everyone their flowers while they're here. So, rest in peace to Sam, Bam, Cunningham. And joining the show now. The man that writes all the checks. I went to the bank today and cashed my check from Sideline Junkies. Do you know I was able to buy myself a Snickers bar? I feel good about it. The boss, BJ. Good evening to everybody. What's going on, big guy? What's happening, brother? Uh, I'm chilling and listening to you talk, man. I'm trying to scramble. Once I saw the, the link pop off, I was trying to scramble and find my headset. So, oh man, I, I didn't mean to spring it on you. No, I know we all, it's all good. It's all good. We normally don't go late like this, but you know, things have to be done, content has to be put out, and the show must go on. Yes, it ha- yes, you're absolutely right. So I'm ready to dive, man. Look, football starts tomorrow night, and I know uh our fellow sideline junkie, Mr. Mr. Gary, can't wait to see his Dallas Cowboys tomorrow night. He'll actually be home for it. Because he changed his schedule, so he's not working at nights no more. He get to see that game. And I know he's going to stay up for it, too. He's going to be hurting Friday morning, and I am going to be right on his ass Friday morning. I'm going to send him a message every three minutes on WhatsApp. <laughs> you, up, you up, boy? You up? Hi. You all right over there? Cause we, we, we've all done it. We've all done it. Monday Night Football, your team on. And that game will go off to 12, 1 o'clock, depending on how long your game is. And that alarm go off four, five o'clock in the morning. Man, <sighs> the memories, and I'm, I'm not even sad about that, but that game right there, before we get out of here, we're going to get into that because I got something to say about that before tomorrow night. Um, First and foremost, Clinton Portis, Clinton Portis, two-time pro bowl running back, missed the 1,500 yards three seasons in a row to begin his career. Uh. What is Clinton Porter? Clinton Porter is like 67 yards shy of uh, 
10,000 yards, which is like 3,000 hits. You know, it's automatic uh, Hall of Fame. Um, But he is facing 10 years in jail for medical fraud. Uh, where is that? Let me see. Let me see. Ten, oh, no, he's a little bit more than that. 9,923 yards. He's just shy of 10,000. But uh, him and two other players, former NFL players, have pleaded guilty for their roles in a nationwide health care benefit fraud scheme to submit fa- false claims for payouts totaling about $3 million. So it's Clinton Portis to Merrick Vanover, uh, if y'all are old enough to remember him with... Um, Man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Yeah. He played. He was a receiver for the Chiefs and Robert McCune. And I think McCune played with the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. But I think the crazy thing is they, they, they're trying to scam the league's retiree health care plan. Like, why would you... Why would you... I just don't understand. Like, look, people scam. I understand it. But why would you reach back in the pot and take away from the retirees the, your own blood, basically. Like, how how you even do that and you're cool with that? Like, I don't understand that. That's a good question. And Robert McCune, he was drafted by the Washington Redskins. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the wrong player. Washington Redskins, Miami Dolphins, Baltimore Ravens, and Cleveland Browns. And he only played from 2005 to 2009. I don't think he's eligible for any of that. Hey man, but, uh, I, 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 you, I, I look, man. These these guys, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, guys that played in the seventies, eighties, and even the nineties. You know, these guys, you know, especially Clinton Portis, he got a nice, healthy contract. So it's just like, where's your money at? But Clinton Portis is broke. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Where's your money at? Because Washington. I think uh, a part of the uh, the trade for him, Champ Bailey, Washington redid his contract because Denver didn't want to pay him. Am I not? Yep. Am, I, am I right? Mm-hmm. So he got he, money. Yeah, he but got you know, money. Yeah, his, he he lost money because he went in with a developer. I think out in Vegas. I think he sunk most of his fortune in that because you know they were developing land and the dude ran off with the money because he was on somebody's show and he was like, I was at rock bottom. He was like, I didn't have any money. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, not, oh, man, I'm going to go file charges and I'm going to do this legally. Now, nah, he was like, I'm sitting there with the gun. Like, I'm about to put a bullet in this dude and get my money back. He was like, that's where he was at. That's where he was at. And I and I completely understand that. Um, but it's just like, you know, we, we've been there. We've. we've People owe you money that, you know, now they they kind of shrug you off and they feel like it's not a big deal because, they you know, it's only $20 or it's only this money's money. And, you know, you get to a point where, like, look, I mean, you know, you wasn't <laughs> – especially the people that, you know, butter you up and grease you up to get the measly $20 and basically throw it to the ground like, man, here, take your $20, man. You know, but – this is a lesson, just like everything else is a lesson. You know, these players have to be careful, man. You got to do your research before you, you know, it, it, everything, you know, sounding good and great. You know, you can't, uh, what's up, Junior? Oh, you got a race car? I got a, I got Brian Junior talking to me <laughs> about his race car Roblox. So, 
But um, yeah, man, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a sad story because he's not going to be the last. It's going to be another round of players that, you know, whether it's women they falling for getting pregnant or bad investments and falling flat on their face from the type of money they're used to having and spending. And, you know, it's just like anything else, man. We Everybody gets scammed. It don't matter how much money you make. We, we got scam artists trying to get us. You know, people, yeah. in your, people in your DMs and, you know, pretty people posing as pretty girls. I forgot the name of the show, but you um, it's a whole ring of them. I forgot where in Africa are they pretending to be women and scamming people out of money and all types of crap. So, <laughs> yeah, I forgot what the name of that. Me and, me and my wife was watching this a couple of months ago, and I was just shaking my head because I'm just like, man, are people really that easy? Like, man. But um, yeah. I, I just think don't understand it, KG. Think about, you know, the, the, the scammers that call it and say that, you know, we had a scammer call uh, yesterday and say that uh, he had found a suitcase containing uh, drugs at the border. So, you know, I like to play the game. I love playing the game with him. Uh, I've been called and told that um, they found a, a rental car that was registered to me and my social security number, my fake name, my fake, fake social security number that I gave him. And in the trunk was $100,000 and eight kilos of cocaine. Uh, the dude couldn't understand why I was not scared because I told him, just bring me the money back. You can keep the cocaine, flip that and make your own money. But bring me <laughs> the money. He talking about you can go to jail. I said, dog, if we plan this right, we can be Scarface and Manny. I said, I'm going to be Scarface. You oh, can be Manny. And he was just confused out of his ass. Oh, he? my God, was he? He giving me an American name when I'm like, dog, your accent says you're Czechoslovakian. Please stop. But they get people like that. You know, and this was somebody that Clinton Porter's trusted his financial advisors and he trusted them with his money. But it, it happens all the time. It happens more than, than it's reported. But he's facing 10 years in jail for pleading guilty. He should be sentenced, officially sentenced on January 2022. Okay. But I don't think he's going to get any hard time. I think this is a federal crime. So if he goes anywhere, he's not going 11 worth. Or um, I can't think of the other Supermax federal prison. He's not going there. He's going to go somewhere like Club Fed. That's like a, a camp for grown people. He's not going anywhere with, with, with murderers, things like that. So let me ask you a question before we move on to the next. If you if you're an NFL player. And you watch three of your NFL brothers scan the NFL retiree plan, because, you know, if you, if you know your history, you know how hard the NFL retirees had to fight to get anything, you know, to get to get health coverage, to get, you know, for playing the years and years and suffering from um, the different injuries and brain trauma that they suffer from to get where they are now. Could you even let Clinton Portis back into that? First of all, are you kicking him out of that brethren? And if you see him on the street as an NFL player, could you even could you even say anything to him? Me personally, no, because you got players and this has been going on for years. You got players from the 50s and 60s that are getting, you know, they never really made any money in their in their career. Now, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar uh, business and they refuse to pay health care and, and mental health care for players after their career. Sometimes you got players from the 50s and 60s that didn't 
make a lot of money and they're giving them this chump change checks while everybody else cashing big checks. Those are the players that should be getting the money. But then for you to defraud the 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 the, the retirement plan and, and the medical plan, you spitting on everybody that came before you. But not only that, you're spitting on the guys that were there with you that fought for this and the guys that are coming after you. So you spitting on the whole brotherhood. I wouldn't have anything to say to you. Me personally, I, I I don't. I mean, you're a pariah. You're dead to me after that. All three of them. You couldn't ask yeah, me. I agree with you. you wouldn't be able to ask me to piss on you if you were on fire. And I'm being honest. I am, so, brother, I I agree with you 100, man. I, I definitely do. Um, so that's it on that. We ain't even gonna burn it too much on that. What we got up next? Uh. Well, let's talk some Washington football. And now the captains were chosen. Now, I had a conversation with Lady C this morning, and she called herself getting me straight with this. But she brought up a really good point. And we, we, I told her, I said, you, you don't want to argue with me because I'm, I'm not going to back down off of this. But your captains going into 2021, week one, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Scary Terry McLaurin, Brandon Sheriff, Ryan Fitzpatrick, John Bostic, Logan Thomas, and DeShazer Everett are your captains. Now, here's where I had the problem with. I love Fitzpatrick. I always, I, I'm not going to say love, but I've always liked Fitzpatrick because I he, he plays up to his abilities. At times, he exceeds his abilities. But by him being a new face here in Washington, I don't agree with him being a captain week one. I understand he's the quarterback. Um, He's on, on offense. He touches the ball every play. And I love for my quarterback and my middle linebackers to be my captains. I get that. But we, we've we seen it so many times where guys come in as free agents come into Washington and they get that captain C. And I'm like, you earn that in training camp. I want to see you earn that on the field during battle. That's how I feel. I don't think Fitzpatrick should be captain in week one, maybe week three or four. If he plays up to the role, which I know he will. But I don't think so. I don't think he should be capped in week one. That's my problem. I, it's not nothing on his ability, his skill, none of that. It's just that this is his first year with the team. You haven't played a regular season game here. I don't think you should be a captain. Right. Just my and thoughts. I'm going to flip that, and I'll, I'll come from the other side of that. If this was... If y'all had just drafted a rookie QB or this was a, you know, you had drafted your rookie QB and, you know, they're coming into year two, I, I, I could have completely agree with you. Because even now with the rookie QBs coming in, they're, they're making them captains because, like you said, they touch the ball every play. They're basically the face of the team. So they're basically by default the captain. But let me tell you why I think Fitzpatrick, can, can can feel that, and I think he'll get the respect of the locker room because he's been around the league. This is, you're not talking about uh, a new quarterback. You're talking about a Grizzly vet that's been around, that's done his time, that's been captain before. It's not like he hasn't been a captain before. He's been a captain before on multiple teams, so he knows what that is what that's about. You know his history. He doesn't do anything foolish. He doesn't, you know, uh, he he's a lead by example guy. He's a blue collar guy. Hard worker, you know what I'm saying. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna hear him on the news. And you know, he's done 120 going out 95, and 
you know, he bring on the team all types of controversy and stuff. He's not that guy. He's he's the he's, now, you know, you could question his playing career, you know, his how many stops he's made, you know, if the fifth magic can last all season. You could question all that. But you know, I don't one thing you can't question about Fitzpatrick is his love for the game, his heart. And, you know, how much, you know, he, he loves the game. I, I think that's really important. And it's contagious when he gets in there. He, he, if you think of all the stops he's been to, everybody loves him. There's not one bad stop you can say about Fitzpatrick. Playing-wise, yes. But as a teammate, everybody loves Fitz. You know, like I said, he's the guy you want to go to battle with. And, you know, I'm pretty sure he won over – uh, you know, the, the Washington locker and the offense, just being himself and, you know, people knowing that, you know, he came from experience and, and he knows, you know, he's going to give a little boost to the offense, a little bit better quarterback situation, which I've had over the last couple of years. So I, I disagree with you on that. I think he's earned the captain, not from Washington, but just his experience in general. And the same thing I told Lady C this morning. I said, you know, you're right. What well, is afternoon? I should say. I said, you're right. He had. Uh, if you go through uh, his career, he's very intelligent. His uh, his IQ is off the chart. I love his IQ. I love his football IQ. It's it, it's, and for you to call him a blue collar player, you wouldn't normally attach blue collar to somebody that went to Harvard. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's the the perfect fit to him is he is a blue collar player and he's never he's never really had a a foothold in too many places. I mean, the the longest he stayed anywhere is three years. He stayed in Cincinnati 2007 to 2008. uh, Buffalo 2009, 10, 11 and 12. He was there for four years. That's Mm -hmm. the longest he's been anywhere. Mm -hmm. So but he he won. Every place he's went, he won in Cincinnati a little bit. Then he went south. He won in Buffalo a little bit and got the contract. Yep. Then he got the contract in Tennessee. Then he got the contract in Houston. Yep. Uh, he we had Fitz Magic in um Tampa Bay and they gave him a contract. Miami gave him a contract. Now Washington's paying him ten million dollars, so he's not hurting for money. Not at all. But I just I don't I have a thing about. Guys coming into any team, it doesn't matter if it's Washington, if it's New Orleans, Buffalo, Dallas, it doesn't matter. I have a thing about guys coming in and getting. I understand, and he did win over the locker room. That's what they said all camp is how everybody just loves him. And he's a good guy. I just have a thing about guys coming into a locker room and automatically getting captain C's. I don't think he should have been in the running for captain C. That's like me saying. I'm gonna walk into the locker room just because I'm a I'm a people person at times. I don't deserve a captaincy. That's like when 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 we had that influx of former Dallas players, and they were coming here to play. I don't feel that they should have ever got captaincies until you were baptized in the forge of the fire. That is the Washington football team. Well, the Washington Redskins at that time, until you were baptized in Burgundy and Gold and got that that stinky uh, Dallas cow patty-ish and that silver star and that shit off you, until you got that off you, you couldn't be a captain here. You had to at least play a season. 
and show that you were ready to be a captain. That's just my thing. I, I guess because I've been hurt that way. I think that's it may be PTSD because I've been hurt from guys coming in like that. I, I, and Lady C chimed in in a text window. His reputation precedes him. Certification trumps tenure. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and, and she brings up a good point. Both of you do. I think the the and, and look, I, I get what you're saying about the captaincy. And like Lady C said, he he has a you know strong history in the league of being a solid guy. So I I don't have I and, I and I completely understand what you're saying. I don't have an issue with him getting the captaincy. I do have an issue with the captaincy going to rookie QBs. Just because you're touching the ball every play doesn't mean you've earned that captaincy. Like I said, make him earn it. You know if he's if he's balling out, you know you, you know your cap you know one of your captains p- positions is going to be QB. So make him earn it. Make him make it look like he's going to earn it. Give him to him week eight. Give him to it towards the end of the year as like a mo- little morale boost. You know what I'm saying? Um, the only thing I think you got to worry about with Fitzpatrick is you were saying something that kind of hit. It was like he's had a little bit of success. Everywhere he's went, that Fitzmagic drizzles out. Mm-hmm. So now Washington got to figure out, like, you got a quarterback that can make plays, got a little gunslinger in him. That can, you know, he's willing to take some chances. How do you sustain it all year? I think Miami, this the first time we saw it actually not run out was Miami because they pulled the plug early for Tua. Yeah, which was dumb. Well, I mean, yeah, it was because he was on a roll. And I remember that game because he, you know, Fitzpatrick's on the sideline, like he was confused. You know, he thought he was playing good. The team was a little confused, but uh, Flores is like, look, you know, it's, it's two a time. And it's a hard decision to make going forward, you know, when you got a hot quarterback. But this is when his history of his play comes in. And you're like, you know, is this guy going to keep this up all year or is he going to nosedive week 11? And start throwing like you know. I mean, I remember those last couple seasons in Buffalo where it just looked like his arm strength went from eighty-eight to like fifty. It the ball didn't have anything on it; it was just floating in the air, floating in the air. Everybody just looking up at the ball, waiting for it to come down like a punt. So I'm not, I'm not like I, I get where you're coming from with the captaincy. I'm more concerned about is he going to get in there and keep. Hmm? That's true. And we're going to find out come Sunday against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers here in D.C. at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's going to be the first chance that we're going to see if he can start the magic and keep this magic rolling for at least 16 games. Now, you're not going to win all 16, but can he at least hold out? I'm sorry, 17 games. That is right. Let's see if he can at least hold out for 17 and we can make it to the second season. Um, but starting week one, uh, we may not be without a big signing. And that's Curtis Samuel. Um, this was reported by Pete Haley earlier today. After running a couple routes, Curtis Samuel is on the far sideline with his helmet off. You can see him here, and it's a picture. And he's being stretched out by head trainer Ryan Vermillion. Now, J.P. Finlay of NBC Sports, both Pete Haley and uh, 
J.P. Finlay from uh, NBC Sports. Curtis Sammy ran a few routes and then went to the sideline with trainers. Not good. Game in four days, and he's practiced once in four months. News came out, he tweaked his growing. So he he registered a did not practice today. He may not be available come Sunday against the Chargers. And here's my here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. It's not a big blow at all because you got guys like uh, Dayami Brown, uh, Cam Sims, um, shoot, uh, uh, Adam Humphreys. You got guys. You you, you got receivers, so it's not going to hurt. But is it already that we're snake bit coming into uh, week one of the NFL? Nah, I don't think that at all. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, because I lost my headset for a second. No, I don't think that at all. I, I really think that you got to upgrade a quarterback, even though I love the way Heineke played in, the, in that playoff game. And I thought that if they didn't get an upgraded quarterback, you know, we talked about this, I was okay with Heineke coming in and starting um, and letting him develop. But I'm okay with Fitzpatrick coming in. You get a, an a above-average quarterback that you know can make plays, okay? So that's – Already going to upgrade the receiving core, and and you know because you're upgrading quarterback play. Yes, it's a blow because Samuel with McLaurin could be something you know, something nice. You know that mm. teams are, now teams not going to lose sleep over it because McLaurin's a, a, a monster himself. But Samuel adds a different dynamic to the offense that you have to worry about. I'm let him rest. It's early in the season. If he tweaked the groin, it's, you're not rushing to get him back. Now, like Doc Walker always say, next man up. It's time to see what you got. Mm-hmm. It's time to see what you got and what you what you made of. If you want to be a backup your entire career, we're going to find out. It's time to test your manhood. Like, really, like these guys don't want to clock. You got a chance. With Curtis Samuel out, somebody got a chance to be number two across from McLaurin. You know McLaurin's going to get all the attention. So what can you do as a number two and number three? Can you get open? This is what we want to see. That is, it, it is what it is. I'm not even worried about Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel, healthy, you know what you're going to get from him. He's already proved that this isn't a rookie receiver. All right, you know what you're going to get out of Terry McLaurin. He's, he's, his ceiling is – he hasn't even reached his ceiling yet. He's still getting better yearly, and now he has a probably, probably the best quarterback of his career with Fitzpatrick, which is sad. Well, yeah, Fitz. I, I will say Fitzpatrick is better than uh, Alex Smith. Yeah, better I'm than Cal Allen. Yeah, I'm talking about as far as a playmaker QB. We, we, we all we all agree. Look, Alex Smith's a great person. Yada yada yada. He's not a playmaker QB. He's a game manager. He's a game manager. Right. So you have a playmaking QB. Even you know he he's a gunslinger. He's gonna make mistakes and throw interceptions, but he's willing to take that chance to put that ball in the air, and and you know let his receivers try to make a play. And I think that's been lacking in Washington the last couple of seasons. So you get that now. So now with Fitzpatrick doing that, can these other receivers take advantage of that? I'm not like I said, when Curtis Samuel come back, it's gonna to add to the offense. 
Now, coming into this game versus the Chargers, because this is something that the Washington offense has been struggling with, which is putting up points. So the Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers can put up points quick. We saw it last mm-hmm. year with Justin Herbert. They got their quarterback. That's the team they can put up. You could you blink, and it's twenty eight on the board. And y'all, you, you know, y'all trying to you know pull out the turnover chain and get everything set up on the sidelines. Twenty eight points on the board. Game ain't even started yet. You know, so that you know what I'm saying. So this. I would be more worried about which, you know, I think is going to be a top five defense this year. Can y'all defense slow the Chargers down? That, that's more what I'm worried about. Can that Washington D? And I think they can because I think they got the pass rush. They got mm-hmm. an elite pass rush. So I think they can. I know they can. But this is Justin Herbert's second season. How much has he progressed? How, you know, we're going to see Sunday – because it's going to be a, a really good game. You got Riverboat Ron on the sideline. Um, you know, one of the best coaches in the league and preparing his team. You know, he's a defensive-minded coach. So, yeah, like I said, the Chargers and their offense versus even if Curtis Samuel was healthy, it's still the Chargers offense versus uh, Chase Young and that Washington defense. What, what are we going to see? Is Landon Collins coming back? And, and going to be a force is he or is he going to be Mickey Mouse quiet? Like this is these are the things I'm waiting for in Washington offense. Can the can, can the can the boys in the middle of the uh, the defensive line create enough havoc with Montez Sweat and Chase Young are just completely free? Or are they going to double team Chase Young and have to worry about sweating the other boys? It, it's a, it's a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch of chess going on, and I would love to see it Sunday. Yes, indeed. And that's at one o'clock because I want to see my man, Matt Ioannidis, in the middle. I want to see him push the pocket and get to Herbert one good time. And Washington is a one-point underdog at home. Not saying much because you get three just for being at home. So they're they not expecting much out of this. Over-under in that game is 44 and a half. So. Yeah, yeah that's, some, that's some points. Like I said, you know, the Washington we've seen struggling to put points up, decent defense. Really good defense last year when you add Chase Young and the, and the pass rush. So now going into his second year, learning the defense and stuff, people people now targeting him because, you know, you, you're going to have to know where 99 is on the field. He's just one of them players. now, And he moves and, around. And he moves around. You're going to have to figure out where he is. Now that's going to – and just like I say with, with, with Curtis Salmon not being there, that's going to open up the defense boys, Ioannidis, Sweat. Um, Allen, all of them boys. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a feast. Like ninety nine is gonna get you paid if you if you come to work because it, it's gonna it's gonna be wide open. It's gonna be wide open. Your numbers are gonna go up with ninety nine on the field because ninety nine is just that good. Just like ninety one in his prime. We talked about ninety one in his prime. Mm-hmm. That he's gonna open up the field. So when 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 it's time. And they, they got all this attention on 99. Everybody else should be coming through. It, it should be Her- Herbert shouldn't be sitting back there with that with that front. He, he should be, you know, he should have some if they get to him early, it's gonna be a long day for him because that 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 clock gonna be off. Remember, um was it NCA 10 
if you were at, at the uh you were the opposing team and that that home crowd was going and you pull up that diagram and the 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 the, the lines for the receivers would be wiggly you wouldn't know man yes yeah <laughs> you don't know where nothing going and yep. you just like all right i can't calm this crowd down yep people running the wrong routes and stuff so if mm-hmm. you get to them early it's like any other quarterback if you get to them right on that cage a little bit and get that timing off where he like man i gotta get rid of this ball <laughs> you know i gotta get rid of this ball and they like chill man we're running the ball we're running the ball this play <laughs> and no 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 i gotta get rid of the ball i gotta get rid of the ball make you it know? so you get footsteps behind and, that, and that's what you that's what you want that's what you want to do so i think this defense has that ability Facing a lot of teams this year, man. So I'm excited, man. Like it's just, it's football time, KG. I'm gonna watch some tomorrow night. It's time, man. It's time, yes, baby. Indeed. And speaking of tomorrow night, which is a great segue, you are on fire tonight with your analogies and your segues. I appreciate that. <laughs> tomorrow, you have this defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hosting. The preseason winless Dallas Cowboys, and I like to make fun about it, but here's the truth. Dallas could lose every preseason game from now until the Cows come home. It don't mean nothing because I've seen teams go 0-4, 0-6, 0-5, 0-3 and wind up being one of the best teams in the league and winning Super Bowls. So them in the, in the preseason being vanilla didn't mean anything. They're trying to make sure everybody's healthy. And hard knocks this year was pretty daggone good. I will say that. Um, but Dallas is coming into this game. The line has moved. The line was at eight early, about two, three out. No, I said about three hours ago when I checked it. It was at eight. It's up to eight and a half now. Dallas is an eight and a half point underdog uh, tomorrow night. The over under is 51 and a half. Uh, you said how many, how many points underdog are they? Eight and a half. Wow. Okay. So nobody's really giving Dallas a chance because, you know, Dak's coming back. Uh, and I think that's going to be the problem. Dak's going to want to prove to everybody that he's back. And he may be pushing a little too hard. But if he once he settles into a rhythm, and that's one thing about Dak Prescott, one Dakota Prescott, when he settles into a rhythm and he gets into his bag, there is nobody out there. It's not too many quarterbacks that's better than him when he's into his rhythm. And it's it's fun to watch him play, long as he's not playing Washington. I love watching him play. But the key to a Dallas victory tomorrow night, keep Tom Brady off the field. So Zeke has to run wild. You you got Amari Cooper called himself the best receiver in the league. And the thing is, when I read it, I was like, I don't have a problem with that because nobody runs routes better than Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's footwork alone puts a lot of receivers to shame. And then he's reliable if he's healthy. He's reliable when you throw the ball to him. You target him, he's going to catch it. Yeah, we're we going to have to have a whole other episode on that because I do have an issue with that. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, if somebody asks you, of course you're going to say you're the best. But Amari Cooper, even in his prime, wasn't the best receiver in the league, you know, with the other receivers that's been in the league with him. He's, you know, top five, maybe at his height, prime, top three. So, yeah, I mean, he, it's something like, you know, somebody asks you who the best, 
I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it's definitely not Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. So, but but the, to to piggyback on what you're saying, you know, not only is Tam- like this this Tampa Bay team is going to be dangerous. They won a Super Bowl last year with Tom Brady first year as the quarterback with the Buccaneers, learning that squad, learning the offense, learning how Mike Evans and Chris Godwin like the ball, how Antonio Brown likes the ball, how a lighter Gronkowski works. You know, different offensive line, different cadences, snaps, everybody's time. And they want to they want to chip. Okay. But not only do you gotta worry about the Tampa Bay offense, you gotta worry about the Tampa Bay defense. Mm-hmm. So you know, Dallas's problem has been they can score, but they can't they can't stop anybody from scoring. That's been Dallas's issue. So Dallas has you know a, a brand new slate, 2020, 21, I mean 21, 22 season. So we get this, you know, everybody gets a clean slate. Um, Dallas has to prove they can stop people. So you, you got the ultimate challenge tomorrow and stopping, what's the seven-time Super Bowl champ? Is it seven or six? <laughs> how many? I lost I count. Know. I stopped counting out the while. How many? Thought, how, let me see. I thought it was how seven. How many Super Bowls? I thought, yeah, last year was seven, I thought. I, I thought he passed Jordan. Yep. Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven. And, but, he, he passed Jordan, but he's still trailing Bill Russell. Yeah, he is. He might get that job, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, look, I think you might be right. He but, might get that job, man, because it, it's like, you know, and nothing's stopping him. You know, I'm hoping my Bills can sneak in and, you know, win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. But, you know, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, man, it's going to be very interesting tomorrow, very interesting game. Um, Cowboys have a lot to prove. Buccaneers have nothing to prove. They got to defend their title. So the Cowboys had everything to prove. Everything's on them. So we'll see. Well, think about this, and this is this is what should make you scared. Not only are you do you have to face Tom Brady on offense, right? You got Leonard Fournette. They have Giovanni Bernard, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller uh, could get behind you and score a couple touchdowns easy, but not. They got three tight ends. And all three of them can kill you in different ways. They got Cameron Brake, Rob Gronkowski, and O.J. Howard is coming back off injury. I would love to have three tight ends that I can line up in any way. I can have two tight ends on the line, split one out to the to the right, have uh, Antonio Brown to the left. Hell, let's run a Steve Spray offense. We only need four offensive linemen. Give me five receivers. Um, give me six receivers. But you, they have Weapons. Weapons. Yeah. And then Todd Bowles and this 3-4 defense, Todd Bowles does not get enough credit for how he ran this defense last year. And Bruce Arians gave him the autonomy to run it the way that he want, and it got them a championship. Mm-hmm. That, that, that right there, Todd Bowles. And one thing I say about Todd Bowles, former Washington Redskins player, uh, won a championship here as a player. Um, he didn't get enough time. With the Jets. Not at all. No, he didn't. But damn it, if he had to take a step back and be an assistant just to win a championship and then probably in line to win another one, people are going to be beating down his door at the end of this season to get him as their head coach. Because that mystique of black head coaches not being able to get over the hump per se. 
it's getting ready to go all the way out the window because it's too many black assistants that are so good at what they do and they're, they, they, they've honed their craft and they're, they're just good at what they do on one side of the ball. But then when you put them in a position to run a whole entire team, they're even better because they're putting people around them, not people that are yes men, but people that know how to do the same thing that they do. Yep. That whole thing is getting ready to go out the door. Everybody's going to be knocking down these assistance uh, uh, doors. And I can't wait, man. I mean, my, my, my unofficial Super Bowl uh, 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 pick, it's just to play in the game, it's Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay's not in the game, they'll at least make it to the NFC Championship game as long as Brady stays healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I got definitely got them in that. The NFC Championship game is just probably who's as long as, like you said, as long as they stay healthy, it just depends on who who's going to be there with them. Is it going to be a matchup re, rematch of Green Bay, and are they going to be able to knock them off this time? I mean, I don't know. I mean, Arizona, but they got you know Kyler Murray in his second year. You know, they got DeAndre Hopkins now. That's going to be a dangerous team. They, if, if JJ Watt stay healthy, that's a whole nother animal mm-hmm. in, in the desert. You know what I'm saying? Um, and not, not to disrespect any NFC team. I mean, I, I like, you know, not to sound hometown bias. I like Washington. The, the defense is just like, you know, I know a couple of people didn't pick them under the radar, but we've been talking about them for a minute. Defense is defense when you championships. The defense can come in there and do a pinch of what we think they can do. They're going to be special. And it's I agree. Hard, it's going to be hard to deal with the Washington football team. On the defensive side of the ball, if it Fitzpatrick can come in and do what he does consistently all season and utilize what they got in the backfield, I'm telling you what Ron Rivera back there, it's gonna be it's gonna be you're gonna have to deal with Washington. And let's not forget, Washington was a play away from putting the Buccaneers out of the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people forget and, you know, don't want to talk about. Yeah, Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But this team right here, if they had a a, a, a seasoned vet at QB, we not, might not be talking about the, the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So That's true. Now, before last but not least, before we get out of here, I got a yes and no question for, from, for you. And I, I, it popped in my head when you said something about Arizona. Now, looking at your bills, we're going to talk about your bills real quick. Uh, at receiver, you got Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel uh, yeah, Emmanuel Samuels, Isaiah McKenzie, mm-hmm. and Jake Kumro. Would yep. you kick the tires on a 30, I think 37-year-old Larry Fitzgerald who's a free agent? Would you bring Larry Fitzgerald in for one year, just Absolutely. for one run? Absolutely. Because <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. We're not talking about Terrell Owens. We're not talking about Chad Johnson. We're not talking about somebody that comes in and, and expects to play, you know, every down. He knows he's a slot down. He knows he's a third, fourth receiver at best, right? But he's still Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald. He's still what he brings to the table as far as knowledge what he could pass on to Stefan Diggs. And and I'm and, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, Gabe Davis is legit. Gabriel Davis is legit. Okay, you saw flashes of him last year. 
He's legit. So, you know, they bought Emmanuel Sanders, and of course, you got Cole Beasley. But what he brings to the table as far as knowledge would be, you know, you know, teaching the guys footwork, how to come out of routes, how to read, you reading the defense this way, that way, you know, it would be just that, that, that alone would be worth signing him, you know? So, I, I, Okay. Now, see, that you saying that, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of uh, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice went from San Francisco to the Raiders to Seattle, and then he went to Denver, and Mike Shanahan thought that he was the fifth best. He made the team as the fifth best receiver. And I was like, it was no receiver that they had Jerry Rice's last year in Denver that was better than Jerry. Not Ashley Lalee. Uh, what was the, I think Brandon Marshall was there. What was Jerry's last year? Jerry's last year was 2005. It was no receiver in Denver that was better than Jerry. And there's no way in Four Hills I would have him ranked as the fifth best player. I mean, the fifth best receiver. I don't, I mean, Jerry Rice could probably still be playing today because he's still in shape. But Larry Fitzgerald. That's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of an older Jerry Rice where he's bringing the knowledge to the young cats. All they got to do is listen because he, he's got it. He's got the knowledge. He's been around the game for years, long before he was in at Pittsburgh, long before he made uh, the NFL. He was always around the game. So, hey, I wouldn't be mad if, if Washington took a, a fly on Larry Fitzgerald to br- just to bring him here and, Hey, talk to these guys and get these guys going, man. That'll be great. And honestly would. Yep. I agree with you hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. So but Larry, Larry gotta wanna play and Larry gets to make that decision. He's been he's been around a long time. You know, I know a report came out saying that, you know, he he just ain't feel the same way right now. So, you know, if it's time to go, it's time to go. But we, you know, we will see. Yeah. We will see. Uh, well, we hitting the 46, 47 minute mark. Um, that's all the time we got tonight. Tomorrow, uh, programming note, we will be on probably short and dirty, uh, quickly around about six, six thirty. What time does the game start tomorrow? Eight. I believe it's eight. We'll be on long before the game comes on. Um, so, you know, just something quick and dirty. See what's going on. You know, what news is coming out? Uh, on game day, cause uh, it's week one, <laughs> eight twenty tomorrow. So it's week one. We are officially getting ready to kick off the NFL season twenty one twenty two. Oh man, what is this season number one hundred and one, a uh, one hundred and two for the NFL? So eager to do it. Um, of course, we'll give. You know, picks on air. Uh, don't forget Saturday night WrestleManiacs and then Sunday morning rise week one. And that'll be an early riser. Early riser. That'll be about 1030. That way we can get ahead of everybody else on TV so we can sit back and watch the games. But until tomorrow night, the boss BJ, I'm the big guy KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>